0: Thanks for listening to the Healthy Church Podcast with Larry Barker and Drew Klein. The Healthy Church Podcast is an honest conversation about what it means to be part of a healthy church. There are no perfect churches because they're all filled with imperfect people led by imperfect leaders. But by God's grace, we can begin to dialogue about what changes can be made in our lives as leaders and in the churches we serve in order to better love God and His people For more information and other resources, go to healthychurchpodcast.com.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Healthy Church Podcast. I'm Heidi Sorrells. Drew Klein and Larry Barker are out today, but I have some special guests with me. I have Anthony and Adrian Kennedy from Mena, Arkansas. They intern with us at Healthy Church Solutions at BMA Global and they are here today, and we're going to be talking about discipleship. I'm so excited. So let's start off by just introducing you guys, and you guys tell us just a little bit about yourselves. How long have you been married? Where you go to church? What, what are you doing there with discipleship? Just a couple couple things about yourselves.
2: Yeah, so uh, my wife and I, we've been happily married for three years now, you know, just such a long time. Um, but Anyway, God's uh just continuing to bless our marriage and uh we were at serving at, at Faith Missionary Baptist Church. Um Zach Johnson is the pastor there. Um he's been pastoring there for what four or five years now. Um so he's he's been there there without a pastor for a while, and he um the Lord called him into that position. He has just been serving uh very faithfully there and uh doing such a wonderful job. Um so We have been now, I guess, interning with Healthy Church Solutions and um, different local churches um, for the past two years now. Um, That's about right, yeah. Yeah, so that's been going really well. Um, I am a seminary student at uh, the BMA Theological Seminary, so that's been going good. Um, My wife, I'll let you tell her about uh, what you do.
3: I'm a speech therapist in a local elementary school in MENA. there during the week and also do internship things
1: alongside Anthony at the church. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. So tell us a little bit about how you guys determined that Faith Mina was a place that you needed to be and that there was something that was needed there in the area of discipleship. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: I would say um it started off uh the Lord just kind of uh put on my heart, Mina, um, and so I um, sought counsel um, from several different men at the local church that I was, that I was uh, at at the time, um, and uh, through the counsel of, of many of those men, um, uh, they kind of affirmed that, and so I reached out to, to Zach, um, and I asked what his vision was for the church, um because i wanted to see what his vision was and and if we even fit and then i asked him you know because before we were with south city um through the internship through the bma internship and they were um training us up in and discipleship and different um organizational things and just you know basic ministry stuff um and so i, I expressed our um training for discipleship and our heart for discipleship and i asked him if we would fit into that vision Um, and he was really excited about that, um, because he was talking about, you know, that the church, they needed something more. They wanted something more relational. They wanted discipleship, but they just didn't really know how to step off into that. Um, and so after some prayer, um, we, we decided to, to go and realize that that's where the Lord was leading us. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you guys, I mean, I think we've seen a lot of churches making changes in discipleship, especially since COVID, um, that really exposed um, a need for a lot of churches to just have to have to do something different. And um, let's talk for just a quick second about the difference between maybe just a program of discipleship where um, maybe you're just learning things but don't do anything necessarily with that actively and what you guys are doing there at MENA. So talk to me just a little bit about um, the method that you're using there why you like it and why that really fits in with a biblical definition of discipleship.
2: Right? So um you know, I think that that ch- church, the church culture um really has a, a big say um in how you're moving forward with discipleship, the different resources that you might use for discipleship because there is just tons of materials out there that um can help lead you in discipleship with your church. Um, Yes, And so that's, you know, been the biggest determining factor of, of kind of how we've moved forward with that. Um, so we have been using what is called the story of hope um, with good soil um, and using that alongside of the soap method for um, scripture and exegeting scripture. Um, just kind of using those side by side to help drive um this discipleship culture in our church. And so really um we have used those platforms and kind of trained in those and then and we'll talk uh you know more later I guess about some of the other things but um using those things um we have really called our church's attention and helped form this culture of discipleship to where we are actively seeking to disciple others in our church and so it's not just you know um, Sitting underneath a sermon, you know, we're sitting underneath teaching every Wednesday night and every Sunday night. But really, like, okay, now what are we going to do with this teaching? You know, because with the Word of God, there's there's a call to action. Um, yeah, so
1: absolutely. Hey, Adrian, would you just unpack real quickly for a second what the soap method is in case any of our listeners aren't familiar with that?
3: Absolutely, the soap method is a Bible study method that breaks down um, a couple steps of taking your time with the Lord beyond just reading the scripture. And it's where you take whatever passage of scripture that you are wanting to read that day and um, reading it all the way through. And then whatever stands out to you, what verse stands out to you that the Lord puts on your heart, you'll write that out under the S, which stands for scripture. So you'll physically write it all the way out, whatever stood out to you. And then from there, you'll answer some observation questions, which is what the O stands for, about it. For example, um, like, what does this passage say about God? Are there any repeated phrases? What does it say about man? Um, How does this fit into the context around it? Those kinds of questions um, that can be answered just straight from the Scripture. Then the A stands for application. So you take those things that you observed from the passage that stood out to you and determine a specific application to your life. Um, So not just a principle that the Lord is teaching you, but also uh, we like to add an I will statement about whatever principle the Lord is showing you. So if the, for example, our church has been studying through the Psalms. um, And one of my applications the other day was that I want to deepen my relationship with the Lord and long for him like a deer pants for water. And so my I will statement was about um, a consistent time with the Lord that week and setting aside a time and spending time with him. Um, So there was a practical next step for that in the application. And then the P stands for prayer. So praying about what that application was, what the Lord was showing you, thanking him for all of those things, confessing any sins, all of those things. So that's what the SOAP stands for in SOAP.
1: Great. Love it. So also tell me just a bit about Good Soil and what drew you to that. You guys got some training in that, I think, through the office. And um, if anybody is interested in knowing more about Good Soil, we'll add a link where you can um, go and see what that's all about. But also we do training um, through BMA Global and Healthy Church Solutions. So contact us if you're interested in that. Tell us why you like that method and, and this, what you've seen um happen as you've taken people through that?
3: Um, We really like the Good Soil training and material. The story of hope comes from that, but we like Good Soil as a whole and the things that we were taught because it puts into perspective biblical discipleship. So that was something that you asked us about a little while ago and why we feel this is a biblical solution to the lack of discipleship in this church and many other churches. And it's because Um, Good soil stresses the relational aspect of discipleship. And a lot of times we get so focused on discipleship as a program or a book or a step-by-step process or X, Y, Z, as opposed to a relationship to be built with a real person that has depth to them that will take time to uh, become comfortable with as you are learning about Christ, how to become more like him, how to honor him more with your life, how to love him more. And so... It's a long process, and it the Good Soil training is more than just equipping you with the tools and the resources. It is changing your perspective on how discipleship works, what the goal is, what the purpose is. So it's more of a mindset shifter in regards to discipleship, um, which also supports itself with all the tools and the trainings and the resources and materials as well. But the most important thing that I love about Good Soil is that it shifts your focus to be more on Jesus's model of discipleship and the way that he did it, which was through building relationships
1: over a long period of time. Yeah, absolutely. And just being familiar with it myself, I love that it really highlights um, Christ through all of Scripture. So I think a lot of times people are— a little more uncomfortable to go to the Old Testament and study, but Good Soil Story of Hope takes you through the whole Bible, starting in Genesis, and highlights Jesus because he can be found through it all. And um, that is a perspective shifter, as you said, and, and so important. So how did your church cast some vision for this and get people excited? Because it's one thing to start something new, but it's another thing to cast vision and get excitement and get people on board so how did that work tell me about that
2: so it was really neat um because zach um he our pastor had did a lot of of tilling um before you know us coming in and so um he was doing a sermon series on like prayer and then on what it looks like to be a faithful church member like church membership and stuff like that and so um on that church membership series you know us stepping into that and um Like discipleship being a part of being a member of the body of Christ, um, really allowed us to start casting this vision and getting everybody excited, you know, using the sermon time to stand up and, um, share about discipleship and then just kind of getting the leadership involved. Um, and you know, like, Hey, we want this church to be a disciple, like a culture of discipleship. Um, and so really just those times. And then the times, all the times that we met, just really reiterating our, our vision i don't know if that answered your question very yeah. well
1: no that's great tell me about how prayer played a part in that because i'm sure it did i mean we can't do anything effectively without the holy spirit so tell me a bit about that
2: absolutely so prayer was really the biggest part of this and i want to like emphasize that you know because that's really the biggest part of, of any ministry you know you're starting is, is prayer um there's a gentleman a, a mentor of mine um who I look up to very much um he always says bathe it in prayer bathe it in prayer everything you know i ask him anything right. and the thing that the first words that come out of his mouth are are bathe it in prayer um and so that prayer series like it really was what kind of pushed and drove this and then we actually had an opportunity to um start uh, our prayer ministry was kind of um not doing not doing so hot um and we had very few people that were showing up it was a monthly prayer meeting um, and then we, oh, there was a lot of things in our church that were just kind of sh- like the numbers were fading. You know, people were, people were going out and that's happened in a lot of churches. Um, and so our Christian growth time, you know, our Christian growth time was not, people were not com- not coming and it wasn't, it wasn't very fruit. Like there was no fruit, you know, be- very little fruit, I should say, um, being produced from that. And so. We used that sermon series, um, and then our call to action from that series was changing that Christian growth time to a weekly prayer meeting, Um, and that was just something that was fantastic, and I don't think that things would have turned out the way that they have if we hadn't have done that, so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, discipleship takes time, right? Like, you've talked about that already just a little bit. Tell us why you think that that is, and why would it be a mistake to rush the discipleship process?
2: So relationships take time to form. Nice. And my wife, you know, she, she spoke on that earlier. Um, and so discipleship, therefore it takes time. If you're going to build deep and meaningful relationships with people and really help teach them, you know, cause discipleship is, is this mindset, you know, and it, a lot of us, it's really hard to kind of step into that mindset. And so, um, you're just kind of rewiring the way that you think, the way that you do things, um, and so it takes time to do that. It's a process, um, and I forget what the second part of that question was. Just
1: why um, would oh, it be a mistake yes. to to rush things?
2: So, um, to rush things, uh, there's the the possibility of you damaging those relationships that you're trying to form, um, and therefore ruining you know the progress um, and possibly damaging that person's, um, the result, you know, the fruit of that person's future discipleship ministry, you know, that they might have. Um, and then also there's just a lot of change that is going to take place throughout all of that. And if you try to rush that change, then, uh, it is very possible that you might wind up splitting the church, you know, over stuff like that. It can be a very serious thing if you try to rush that. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. So were there any moments of discouragement in working to build the system at the church? Were there any, any moments that, that it was just, it was just hard and you were a little discouraged?
2: Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, us just being young, um, and very excited and very passionate about what we're doing, um, the, your expectations versus the reality, of of gotcha. the ministry, um, sure. you know, and and coming in with with high expectations and high hopes, which is a is a great thing, but you know, then the reality of, of life kind of hits you, and and sometimes that can be very discouraging. Um, but
3: I think, in other words, the expectation and hope is that you'll see fruit very quickly because you know that discipleship is what the Lord is calling all of us to do as Christians, and you want that so badly for your church and your pastor wants it so badly for his people that he's shepherding and they want it so badly that you almost expect it to just kind of start happening because everybody has the heart for it and you you expect that it, it'll start happening. People will start meeting in the groups like you've been talking about and they'll start using the material you've trained them in. And this discouragement can come and did come for us when it didn't happen as quickly as we expected. And like Anthony was saying, the expectation was it would happen pretty immediately because everybody was on board and desired it. But the reality was that it takes time for people to desire it and also grasp the vision and then take the steps to act out that vision. And so um, especially with Anthony coming from a military mindset where his training <laughs> and his, what he, has been his nature for the last six years is if it's not immediately showing progress – You do something different and you do what's more effective. And so for him, it's been a lot of reining back his excitement and his passion and his desire to see those fruits and and wait on the Lord and looking back with our pastor and saying, look at what God has already done. Look at what he's already been putting in the hearts of our people. Look and see how he's already moving and how he's already making change and how there are fruits. It may not be what we expected at the pace we expected, but we can see the Lord moving and working and his timing and his ways are so much higher than ours. And we would much rather see it done his way than ours um, because it's his work and it's his people and it's his gospel and it's his discipleship. And so um, that is how we can reorient ourselves when we feel discouraged is to look to Christ and remember that it's his church anyway. And then those discouragements kind of fade away because
1: we're just lucky and glad to even be involved in the first place. Absolutely. <laughs> so, absolutely. absolutely. I think there's so many listeners that can relate to those moments of discouragement And that's just such a good word of encouragement today to all of our listeners, no matter what they're walking through or what they're trying to do at their churches. So recently you had a Celebration of Hope Saturday. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, ma'am. And we just love that because part of um, what we try to do at Healthy Church Solutions is— Pastors and church leaders and churches celebrate what's going well and and notice that. And then, of course, there's always something that we can work on, right? The Lord is just continually growing us. So to also look at what needs work and what we can grow in, but to not forget to celebrate. So we just love that you guys did that. Um, So what was that day like, and what did your church leadership hope to accomplish, and did did you see that happen?
2: So that day uh, was— A very exciting day for us. Um, And what our leadership, you know, hoped to accomplish in that was just giving an opportunity for kind of the core members um, who had been faithful on the Wednesday nights and the Sunday nights, you know, um, to give them an opportunity to to take the next step um, in leading somebody else in discipleship. And so, what that day um, looked like for us is we had door prizes to hand out. You know, um, we had a time of worship. We had this um, spiritual uh, evaluation um, that we had people survey take um, whenever they were coming in, you know, and really give them time to fill that out and assess and evaluate where they were spiritually. Um, and then we had these three different discussions um, of uh, geared towards the different, um, levels of spiritual maturity or different levels of where they were and their walk, uh, and their, and the church membership, you know, um, because this time was geared towards our church members. So with the core members, um, giving them an opportunity to reach out to the church members who have not been as faithful and have not been showing up, you know, and, and just kind of need a push, um, mm-hmm. because we want this to start in our church and then spread out from there. Um, but anyway, so we we talked to those people and just gave them practical next step for every level um, and what that would look like for them. Um, and so it was a it was a really good time. Yeah, that's
1: awesome. So you were really celebrating the things that had taken place over the last whole year, as far as the discipleship process and, and these core um, members that had been faithful to um, pray and and walk into this journey and. Be trained in discipleship and and maybe now are ready to step out and disciple someone else. Is that correct?
3: Right. The goal of the Celebration of Hope was not to be a celebration of something ending as far as our Story of Hope training, because we had the Good Soil training where some leaders in our church learned about the Story of Hope material, and then we spent months teaching and training our people how to use it as a leader leading somebody else, either in our church or in the community. And so once we felt like our body understood the material, had the confidence to be able to take that and move forward in discipleship with it, came this celebration of hope. And it was not a celebration of that training time ending, but a celebration of what was to come of this event. The whole purpose of this event was to create an opportunity for church members to get in the same place at the same time, whether they'd been coming faithfully or that they haven't been in the doors for a couple years. The whole point was to gather everyone together and give them an opportunity to connect for the purpose of following up and continuing that relationship moving on after the event.
1: Yes, that's great. That's great. And so what response have you seen from that? Well, <laughs> we've had several people on that day form those groups
3: at that event, which was the hope of our leadership. So they formed their groups Um, in response to that spiritual survey where they realized, they reflected, realized where they were at spiritually, heard what their next steps were, and then acted on it at that event. And I had at least three different people come to me and tell me, hey, we just formed this group. We're going to start going through the story of hope. And I have these two other people that are going to be doing it with me. And so that was several people already from that. That's just who specifically told me. So I know that there's more groups that formed on that day. But after that, that next. Sunday, um, our pastor, Zach Johnson, just kind of reaffirmed the vision and the goals that he has for our church as a whole about discipleship um, as a response to what had happened the day before that Saturday. And then that night, we had a family youth night, and um, a bunch of people in the community were there, and we were able to form even more connections from the people who Felt convicted that they needed to be discipling others and then had others in the community who aren't members of our church be present and say, I do want to learn about God. So our members were able to step in to reach the community. So there was all these different layers of the leadership stepping up, the church members stepping up, the community getting reached. And it was all in a matter of a couple of days because people caught the vision and were willing to step into those roles when they were given the opportunity to do so. And so, yeah, now we're seeing groups meeting and people learning and people growing and getting excited about it. And also um, we had our sister church, Little Hope, uh, come and say, we f- feel a responsibility for the people that we're leading to Christ, especially when it comes to like things like church camp and we're seeing kids get saved and then we don't know what to do after that. We know that they need discipleship, but we want to know more. They're kind of where faith was whenever they asked us to come and step in. And so our people went And had a training with Little Hope where they said, this is what we've been doing. This is the story of hope. This is how we're forming groups. And so they went and trained another church on how to do what we've been doing. And so that was, and Anthony and I weren't even present for it. And we were out with family. And um, so it was beautiful to see that come full circle and then be able to go and pass that off to another church who shares that desire for discipleship.
1: Praise God. Amen. Praise God! That's that's so awesome. A lot of fruit you yes. can see coming off of this. Absolutely. So, what would you guys say to pastors or leaders about getting started in discipleship? Just kind of starting fresh and getting started. What what would you say to encourage them?
2: So, my wife and I are twenty four twenty four years old, um, much less mature in the faith and with much less life experience um, as than most of you know the BMA pastors or the pastors who are going to be listening to this you know the people who are going to be listening to this um but god has used us you know in such a mighty way and not not anything that we were even capable of doing you know um but just that if god can use us you know like if you surrender to the ministry and the vision that god has for your church with discipleship because that is what god has commanded us to do you know um just whenever you surrender to that the Lord, the Lord's going to use you. Like he's going to fulfill, you know, what he wants to do in his church anyway. So just that, just a complete, you know, surrender and just a humility, you know, of like, I just want to do what God wants me to do with this church. Then the Lord is going to, the Lord's going to provide. So.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for being on with us today. And, um, we're just praying for you as you continue to listen to the Lord's call on your life and walk into what he has for you next. Um, It's so exciting that you're the age that you're at and just responding obediently to the Lord and um, obviously making an impact there where he has you right now. And um, we love you guys and thank you for being with us today. I'll just end by saying this is just one story of discipleship, but we hope that it encourages you wherever you are in your journey today. If you need any help with resourcing, please reach out to us at info at org or info at healthychurchpodcast.com. Thank you for being with us today.
0: You've been listening to the Healthy Church Podcast, sponsored by Activate, a church health ministry of the BMA. For more information, resources, and other related topics, please go to healthychurchpodcast.com or find us on Facebook at Healthy Church Podcast.